Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. Welcome back to Why Though. Tiffany and I love being with you week after week, and today we have such a special treat for you. I think by now you guys know how much we love stories, and so today's episode is Why the Underdog Wins the Fight Though. Tiffany and I love a comeback story. Comeback queens. Tiffany, what is your favorite underdog story? Why did we not name this the Comeback Queens? I why mean, was that? Why, why didn't though? We? I don't know. And. <laughs> That just sounds great. It I mean, does. we got two dope queens and the comeback queens. <laughs> two dope queens, yes. Right. Gosh. There you go. There you go. You want to know time. what? Speaking about two dope queens, <laughs> listeners, if you did not know this, they started with a podcast and then they were offered an HBO special. I so mean, there you go. we're on you never our know. way, is all that I have if, to say. <laughs> we're on our way, Tiffany. That's what I, mean, I heard when you said that. <laughs> I receive it. I receive it. Oh man! But you want to know what HBO? We'd have to. We'd have to pay for the subscription to even watch us. I know, and I'm not going to do that. I'm also, it's quite that. salacious. Is that yeah? The right HBO is not. Our, I don't. Yeah, I don't think they're the right really word. our vibe. You know? I don't think they're really our vibe. But Netflix, nope. we're available. Netflix, we're available. Please, we understand if you want <laughs> Facebook Watch. We're um, available. <laughs> Hulu, Amazon Prime, <laughs> available. Maybe not Amazon. I don't know. What? We'll you, oh yeah, you're not. I you're know, not a pro I know. Amazon. I know. T- Tacoma over there. I'm pro Amazon. I love. I mean, I shop there every other day. Yeah. So, so you're I'm totally you're, pro Amazon. But you know. Yeah. Amazon that's, Prime. That's we understand. lower on my totem pole. Okay. Okay. Well, then put them in order. <laughs> what is it? Netflix first. Netflix, um, Hulu. Netflix. Yeah. Netflix, Hulu. No, Netflix, Facebook Watch, Hulu, Amazon. Okay, mine would be Netflix, Facebook Watch, mm-hmm. Amazon Prime, and then Hulu. Because yeah. I don't have a Hulu subscription. Oh, okay. And my I'll girlfriend came over and don't uploaded it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give you my login. So much no right one can. <laughs> <laughs> when my girlfriend was here a few years ago, she, um, she you know, did it on our... Um, on our what's the word I'm looking for Te- on our television on yes, our television your TV uh-huh. and um uh, and uh, eventually she I think she canceled her subscription because all of a sudden oh, we couldn't no. watch anything anymore and I was like ugh what that is totally this life? happened to us with Netflix we had um, shared our login information with a friend and they have two sons so they were always watching like comics and things like that mm-hmm. and then um. When we turned off our subscription, we forgot to tell them, and the boys were like, "Mommy, what happened? I think I think Uncle and Auntie Cody and Ashley um, cut us off." <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, "That's right, we did." Like, actually, we did. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> oh, listeners, isn't this great? We're all just binge watching on Netflix. All we of us are. across I know. the world. All right. Why the underdog wins the fight? Okay, my favorite underdog story. Well, let's let's just let's just start with as a child my favorite underdog story was cinderella because really? I, yeah, i'm interested she, tell us more well, she was locked in an attic ashley why it's why can't you root story, for her honestly. it's a yeah it's just it's not great but she gets a she gets those glass slippers and she got a new dress and i was really and more, a pumpkin carriage i really love pumpkin that. carriage i was more enamored yeah. by the by the sparkly dress right than i was 
the man at the end. I thought the sparkly dress was the clear winner here. It's the prize. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, I would say as an adult, which this is, again, something from my childhood, but it's still my favorite underdog story, is the Mighty Ducks. Don't laugh. When I would come home every day from school and I had a worn VHS that we, we had, like, taped off TV, oh probably on TNT, gosh. so it took, like, five hours with all the commercials, but Correct. taped yes. it, and I would watch it over and over again, The Mighty Ducks, and I would eat a jar of pickles. I love, oh, to this day, I love amazing. vinegar. Yeah, anything briny, like capers or anything like that is totally my jam. And I, I would eat that. pickles because that was my after-school snack of choice, also known as only thing available in the fridge. <laughs> Correct. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, so um, I guess if we're talking old-school movies before you tell us a true underdog story, then Goonies. Uh, I'm so sorry. That was one of my true underdogs. <laughs> oh, that was it? That Those was are it. your underdogs? <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, really preparing myself for this beautiful, like, story. And and that's that's it? That's all you had? I can, I can come up with another one. <laughs> I mean, I have some research-based stuff I'm going to get into later. Okay, okay, true okay. Stories, I think but... I was expecting a little bit more of that. Well, besides that, Goonies. You shouldn't. Goonies You shouldn't die. expect anything. Goonies. But Goonies. That's a good under... Did you like the Goonies growing up? I was too scared. No! It's yeah. not even scary! <gasps> how dare you, Ashley? You know how easily I'm frightened. <laughs> you guys... I don't even know. This this just shows you that the power of friendship, you know? Like, you can have two totally different experiences with movies and TV and still come together and as be one. dear friends, yes. you know? Yeah, as okay. partners. Listeners, you need to know this about Ashley. She lo- she watches, like, Law & Order, SVU. I do, SVU. I love she it, She watches, just what else? NCIS, is that your thing? No, it's a little yeah. too cheesy for me. But if, yeah. if I'm on an airplane, absolutely, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't watch Big Bang Theory? Isn't that on every airplane in the world? Big Bang Theory? No. I don't even understand the humor. I don't think I'm smart enough. I really yeah, don't. Yeah, I don't. I didn't say I watched it. I just said yeah. that's usually on, a, on an airplane. It's my go-to if if necessary. If my, I'm, if my phone's about to die and can't access my Kindle. I know, guys. I mean, it's, it's rough on airplanes. You just have it's to rough. do what you have to do. Okay, so uh, also... But apparently it's not a real underdog story, according to Ashley. It isn't. No. All these are real to me. Cinderella and the Mighty Ducks is Cool Runnings. That is another one that cool I love. Cool Runnings. That is an actual <sighs> real bobsled. underdog story. And it's That's a, a real one. story? It's a real. No, I don't know if it's real. I'm saying it's an actual underdog story. Like, you did great with that one. How was Mighty Ducks not an underdog story for you? I mean, I just. <laughs> How did like, you not put those in the same category? I feel like I watched it once when I was a child and it just, it's disappeared. I'm oh sorry, listeners. I'm so sorry. Emilio Estevez, Ashley. I know. I know. Okay. A real, real underdog story was yep. the Miracle on Ice. The, the U.S. Miracle hockey team beat Russia in 1980. That upset. Remember that? No. Well, they made a movie about it, and that one guy, Kurt Russell, <laughs> I think he was in it. <laughs> okay, that is a real story. Listeners. I'm so no, sorry, No, they know guys. it's a real story. They know that I'm telling the truth. They're with me. They First of also all, we enjoy corn cool yet, by the way. 1980. Weren't you born? No, uh, that was rude. I was born 1981. Thank you oh, very much. stop. Stop. <laughs> you were born in February. I missed it by like five weeks. Yeah, My bad. Did. They count, okay? I'm trying to like put off 40. Okay. No, I'm really not. It's you're not. You're embracing it far <laughs> too am. soon. You I were really embracing am. 40 at like 
35. I met you when you were like 33. Yeah, I think you were 32 or 33. Yeah. We're acting like you were almost 40. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but if my math proves true and my calculator is not broken. All right, there. Okay, underdog. So you do you have any underdog stories that you like from Law and Order SVU? No? Okay. <laughs> None. Moving on. I'm so sorry. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here's the thing about underdogs, listeners. We love the underdog. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter your socioeconomic standing. There is science behind loving the underdog. Mm. In fact, when there was a test done among I believe it was about 15 Americans and they were given fictitious data about two European soccer teams and they told them that one European soccer team was undefeated for approximately 10 years and the other one hadn't won a game in 15. 90% of the 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 people <laughs> voted I was going to say what's the word term I'm looking for here Humans. but 90% of the the, yeah, the participants in this research study were rooting for the underdogs. 90%. That. Isn't that wow. interesting? 90%. Because there is an innate love for justice. Right. When we talk about the underdog, there is such a sense of justice in all of us that's inherent that mm. when we hear these stories, and of course we're reducing this to sports or, you know, a Disney story, but you can think about it in politics or, you know, America's infatuation with AOC right now. Like there's this love for the underdog. We love to see the underdog win because we see ourselves, no matter if we are upper class or more resourced, we always find ourselves in the story of the underdog. Malcolm Gladwell said in an interview to The New Yorker after he wrote the book David and Goliath, he said, as a society, we depend on damaged people far more than we realize. They're capable of things the rest of us can't do because they look at things in different ways. So they have this unique perspective that they bring to the world. And even um, in my life, one of my linchpin messages that I share when I speak on platforms is the idea that we feel like all of the things that have disqualified us are in fact the very things that qualify us right. because we understand how to sop up all the goodness and all the resilience from our experiences. And so basically it's true, isn't it? That yep. when we can face our challenges and and reap the benefits from them, however hard they may be, they actually serve us well in other areas of our lives. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say? I do. And I, one thing I love about the underdog, and, and I think you and I with our broken backgrounds and so many of us listening, I love what you just shared because we can see ourselves in the underdog, which is why we tend to root for them. But we all come from these different experiences or different um, life choices that have have allowed us to struggle and have allowed us to overcome things. And so we can see ourselves in the underdog. But one thing I love about being the underdog is the creativity and innovation that it takes to come out and win, you know, because you have to pull from this place where you're like, I don't have the right resources. I don't have the right coaches. I don't have the right mentors. I don't have the right stuff, but I'm going to keep at it and I'm going to keep fighting and I'm going to keep coming. And that brings this certain level of scrappiness to Mm -hmm. the table that is just Mm -hmm. so effective because it's like, Hey, I don't care. Knock me down. I've been knocked down so many times. I'm not afraid of failure. So 
go ahead, knock me down. I will get back up again, you know? And I think that's the funnest part about watching an underdog fight to win is because they just don't stop and they'll get scrappy. They'll think about creative ways to come around a barrier or creative ways to overcome a hurdle, creative ways to um, come up against people who are challenging them because they have to. It's like scrappiness is a way of life for so many of us. (laughs) Absolutely. Let's take the story of David Goliath. David and Goliath in the scriptures yep. for an example. So David, before he went to fight Goliath in the Old Testament, he was given armor, heavy armor. Mm. And he, was a, he wasn't, at that point, were led to believe that he wasn't a big guy who could handle the weight of the armor. It was so uncomfortable for mm. him. And he thought, I can't win like this. This is how everyone else has tried to win, by wearing this armor and by, by standing before this behemoth giant. This right. isn't going to work for me. I'm going to find another way. I'm going to do this differently. And he did with a few smooth stones and a slingshot, we're told. He takes the giant by surprise. And research shows that 34%, as opposed to 66%, so 34% is the underdog, when they're up against a company or a team or a, you know, opponent, they will win. 34% 34% of the time, mm. which is a, still a lot, people. Yeah, like is. sometimes you go, oh, 34%. That's still a lot. When their opponent is 10 times bigger, whether that's financial or more personnel, whatever the case may be, 34% they're going to win Man. because they are, as Ashley said it so perfectly, scrappy. Yep. I love the scrappy idea. I was reading this um, great novel because I've been trying to educate myself more about the history of New York now that I live here. And so it's a historical fictional account, but there's, you know, many, many facts in it. So I'm learning a ton. And it takes through us through the colonization of New York mm. into present modern day New York. And so I'm in like the 40s and 50s right now. And there's this character in the book um, and he comes from this long lineage of family money. So they call him old money is how he's referred to in the community. And then different people have new money from the stock market or whatever it might be when they came into New York. And he meets this young woman that he falls in love with and really wants to marry. She's way too young for him to be honest, but she goes to meet with his mom and his mom doesn't know yet that he wants to marry her, but she sits him down. She's a little truth teller. And she says, Hey, he wants to marry me. What do you say about that? And so the mom's like, well, first of all, I think you're too young. And then she tells him, honey, he's, he's old money. And so here's the problem is that he's never done anything with his life because he's never had to. And so I don't think you want to marry him, even though he's my son, because one, he's too old and two, because he, he's not going to do anything with his life and you are full of ambition and full of capacity. And so it was this really interesting moment. And I'm not against, I, I know so many people who come from a long lineage of resources and wealth and they are scrappy and they're out there doing Mm -hmm. incredible things. So I'm certainly not knocking that, but it was just this idea of, you know, sometimes the less you have, the more you have to fight and the more you have to get creative and the more you have to come up with ways to exist in the world and to pursue your dreams. And um, so I really love the thought of being scrappy and sort of partnering with people who are scrappy. Um, And even in areas of my life where I have resources and I have things that um, other people may not have, it, it blesses me to partner with someone who is just out there full of ambition and just out there doing great things because it reminds me again to get dirty again, to get scrappy again, to start rethinking my life, rethinking how I want to do things because we always need to stay in that place um, of scrappiness. I just love the word. Yeah. (laughs) And I would say what makes up a, a scrappy mindset or a scrappy attitude? I think it's equal parts passion and commitment. Wouldn't Love you say? That. I think yes. it's equal parts passion and commitment. Yep. 
and there's passion like, oh, this is, I, I can do this. Like, I know I've got this yep. in me, although it doesn't look like it. Internally, yeah. my wheels are turning. And then I think a commitment over the long haul to thinking, I'm going to, I'm going to make this happen. You know, you think of, you hear these stories of, um, immigrants who come with, you know, less yes. than a hundred dollars and yeah. then they graduate from MIT. Yes. And it's so powerful. And it's so powerful because yeah. we see like they knew what it would take. And yeah. I think of one that I was uh, reading recently of this, um, this gentleman, he's Indian. He lives in Silicon Valley, moved here with, I think it was 70 bucks. Wow. And he was coaching his daughters and he now owns a company that handles wow. um, operating systems. In fact, almost every uh, everyone on Wall Street uses his operating system that he created. Mm. <clears throat> and so he came and he's coaching his daughter's team and they're all these young girls and, you know, just like they're like elementary school girls. And he's thinking like there's other girls who have really, really, really been at this for far longer. And they started when they were much younger. And there's all these girls of these tech giants mm. um, and that are also, you know, taking violin lessons and doing all of these other extra, how, how, are, how are we going to build the self-esteem of these girls? So he was thinking and thinking, he's like, man, most of the time of a, you know, I believe a basketball court is 90 plus feet long. Most of the time they only use 24 feet of that when mm. they are playing. He's like, but if I use a full court press, if I try to maximize all of these young girls using the whole 90 feet, we have a better better odds of ad- advancing against this other team. And so basically he put his plan into action and the team won. They won wow. again and they won and won and won and won and they made it to the national championships wow. for this, you know, I for elementary that. school little oh girls. Gosh, just, yeah, so confidence booster. Totally. And he said, but basically it's what I did to get here and I graduated from a prestigious school and I've started this company that is now so common to so many companies to use excuse me, I created this program that is now so common for companies to use. Hmm. And he said, you just have to look at things differently. Yeah. The underdog is forced, as you said, to look at things differently. Yes. There's just no other way yes. around it. I love that. And I think in addition to passion and commitment is humility and hustle. So mm. it's like, you got to be humble through the whole thing. So even when you have a win, you can't be defined by your wins in the same way that you can't be defined by your losses. So you're always trekking forward and keeping humble in that process. So when you win, it's like, great, I had a win, but I remember all my losses, <laughs> you know, and yeah. not in a bad way, but just like, great, I'm going to win some, I'm going to lose some, and it keeps you humble. And then the hustle, like you just don't stop hustling. And, you know, we've done other podcasts about rest and saying no. And of course, we're, we're for boundaries, but at the same time, we're not for like laying down, doing nothing. We're for the hustle. It's like, you have to hustle to make things happen. You have to hustle to think differently. You have to hustle to see your dream fulfilled or to serve other people. I love the story that you just shared because he was thinking so far outside of the box, not just for himself, but for others. And that's huge. Um, I can remember when I was um, at my old job and when I first uh, stepped on the staff to run our outreach programs, I had the tiniest budget. I'm talking hundreds of dollars a month to do all the things that I was supposed to be doing. And that forced me to get so creative. I mean, I had yeah. to think about what, how do I, you know, empower people on a shoestring budget? How do I make a difference in the community when I don't have anything to offer, but you know, people, what does mm-hmm. this look like for us? And so I think it's really cool to think about the hustle, like never stopping and never giving up and, and being humble through that whole process. Yeah. There's some things that just, you can't replace. They only need hard work. Yes. Hard work. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite songs right now, because I, I love 
I love to change it up all the time, all the time. And my favorite right now is by Panic at the Disco, and it's called High Hopes. Have you heard that song, Ashley? No, girl. Panic of the Disco? Is that a Panic band? Panic at the Disco? This yes. is a band? Okay, I'm going to send you this song. So uh, this is a very honest, uh, <laughs> very honest moment for me telling you this. But I, as as you know, listeners, I've been in book launch season with She Dreams, and it's just wild. I mean, you write your heart and all your inner thoughts into paper and they're bound and sent around the world it's just a really humbling Mm. humbling thing to do but one that I always wanted to do and uh it's you know you feel encouraged in one area and then you can feel disappointed in the next minute and you just have to remember like this is not determined my personhood and this is just what I get to do and it just it just you just can't help but stay humble (laughs) to be totally honest yeah. And one of the one of the lines in this song, I'll send it to you, Ashley, because and if you listener haven't listened to it, you should check it out. Panic at the Disco. It's called High Hopes. Okay. And it said, "I always had high hopes for a living. Didn't have a dime, but always had a vision." Mmm, I love that. Yeah, and just this idea that you know, my mm. mom always told me it was going to be hard and complicated, and it really is. And high hopes are great. Understanding that you're going to have to you're going to have to get scrappy about it. So it's such a really love such that. a great song. It's been my anthem during Come this book season. It's so great. I can't wait to oh, listen to so it, good. even though I was making fun of you because their name is Panic at the Disco. I know. I was like, you go ahead. You go ahead and make fun because I know you're going to love this. I know you're going to love the yeah, line I of totally the lyric. Did. You're right. Oh, yeah. You do what you got to do. You know, Bill Gates said, if there's one cultural quality we have, it's that we always see ourselves as an underdog. So listener, I would just I say to that. you, as you see yourself in an underdog and perhaps a myriad of categories in your life, remember, yeah. the Lord goes with you. Yes. The Lord goes with you. There, you. You are not operating on your own. There is a faithful Father who leads you, who whispers to you, who's in the shadows, who's working on your behalf. Not so you can live this perfect plastic life, but so you can know Him more. Mm. So you can live a life of grace and honesty and humility and servitude. That's what we're here for. Yeah. And that's, that's a... That's something worth spending our life on. Yes, it is. Any closing thoughts, Ashley? Not a one this week. How proud are you of oh, me, dear listeners? Oh, I don't believe you. I'm it. I'm done. You closed us so well. What could I oh. add to that? Oh. Well, <laughs> listeners, we're here for you. We love you. We love when you see. Yes. We see your posts on Instagram. Yes, if you hashtag so why though podcast, we'll share your thoughts, what you're thinking, what you'd love to hear about. And we will repost, share, and respond back. We just love to hear and where you're listening from. It's so fun to yes. hear whether you're here in the States or abroad. It's so fun to see where yeah. you are listening from. And lastly, I want to say that Apple has come out with a new feature on Apple Podcasts. And it is this. You can say, Siri, play why though? You can just tell Siri to play our podcast. Isn't oh that cool, gosh. Ashley? I mean, it is, but then also, come on, what is this world? There was Ashley, a coffee I'm trying robot. To sell it. I'm trying- I know. Shh, there shh. was a coffee robot at the Austin airport yesterday, and I was like, a coffee robot? Literally, what co- has this world come Hold to? Hold on, can you? Can you? I'm sorry, you need to paint the picture a little better. Where? Know, what was so the size? Did he have like no, a it's like, a caddy? Did it's you have like to give a him little a- um, hut? And inside the hut is this little robot, and he makes coffee. No, he doesn't. Yes, I was like, what is happening to the world? We cannot have coffee robots. So I am not on the Siri Alexa train. I'm gonna go old school and just play my podcast. Why, well, for those who are <laughs> f- 
far more progressive in their yes, use of technology. Correct. You can tell Siri to play the latest episode of Why Though. And she and will. She will. she will obey you. <laughs> okay, one more thing to add on that. If you don't follow on Facebook, this is just too good. Kev on stage. He is a comedian. Oh my gosh, guys. He will make you pee your pants laughing. He's, a, he's so fun. But he was at a hotel and he forgot his toothbrush. And so he called the front desk and said, hey, can you send up some, a toothbrush and some toothpaste? And a robot delivered it. Oh, no, guys. Oh, yeah. no. And then he tried oh, to, no. in this video, he was trying to evangelize to the robot. He said, but do you know oh. Jesus? <laughs> do you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior? This is so great. Okay. And we'll the robot kept saying, the like, notes. push that you're satisfied or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We should put the video in the show notes. We should. That, um, we need so that. He, but I don't know if the robot did make a confession of faith. I do know that he got his toothbrush and toothpaste. Though. Which was the most important part of the story. Yeah. Robots are not helping our underdog by the way. We're gonna. Well, you brought it up. Yeah, this is on you. I'm so sorry, guys. And she closed us so beautifully. And now look at our rabbit trail. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, listeners, I hope you love our rabbit trail because we have no intention of stopping (laughs) ever in any episode. We love you so much. We love you guys so much, and can't wait for next week. All right. See you next week. Bye bye. Bye. Hey, listeners, remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit TiffanyBloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit AshAbercrombie.org. See you next week.